Welcome to another edition of SEC Primetime with Starks and Stern. I'm Max Starks, and we're joined by the QB, Clint Sterner. And Clint, boy, do we have some stuff to unpack from over the weekend and also a lot of stuff to preface in the future for this weekend. And man, oh man, I think it starts and ends with that Bama UF game. I mean, boy, hey, listen, I'm a Florida grad, and I did I did not anticipate how hard that second half was going to be and clawing and scratching that Florida did to put up 26 more points and to kind of stymie what Bama was trying to do. I mean, just your knee-jerk reaction. What were your thoughts now that we've had time to digest this game? What did you see from both sides? Well, I, you know, I think, Max, that Alabama is vulnerable, right? Um, and and at right now, and I say vulnerable, I don't mean any disrespect to Florida, I'm not minimizing what Florida may or may not be capable of doing this year. I'm simply saying that because Alabama got – they got out physical. Florida was more physical. They ran for 250 yards to Alabama's 91 or something like that. I mean, when was the last time something like that happened, especially in a game like this on the road where running the game – running the football was going to be of the utmost importance uh, down the stretch. And so I just think the big takeaway was, wow, Alabama is vulnerable. Florida's better than I thought they were. And this is going to be an absolute dogfight. And it turned out to be uh, just that. But we can get into Alabama and how the different ways that they're, that, that to me, they're vulnerable. But I tell you, if you just look at that run, that, that rush yardage for each team, you can count the number of times on one hand, Max, how many times that has happened to Alabama. That's a statement that Florida made on both sides of the ball, by the way. Yeah, no, I mean, because, you know, we came into this game, right? Florida, you know, is it is it going to be Anthony Richardson? Are we going to see him? We're, we're, we were so caught up that that's the type of dynamic playmaker. And then Emory Jones. Emory Jones just comes alive. He does what he needs to do, and he gives them a chance. He gave them an opportunity. Then on the opposite side, I mean, Bryce Young didn't play bad, not by any standards. I mean, he was very efficient, but he wasn't a game changer, right? I mean – you know, he was 22, what, 35? I mean, for, for a first-time starter in a away game in that environment, not bad. But the defense was the biggest surprise for me for Florida. Um, and it was a tale of two defenses, right? Because the first half, boom, boom, boom. Like, Alabama marched down the field. And you just saw this quick, yeah. like, oh, God, it's 21-3. This is about to be a mud stomp, Right. And it's like they flipped the switch in that second half and they got real stingy real quick and forced them to turn the ball over, forced them, you know, as far as putting it and everything else. And then the offense just started chewing up yardage, man. It, 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 they look they look better than a John Deere with some long weeds. I mean, was, <laughs> they were just mowing down that defensive line that we thought the defense was going to be one of the strengths, right? It was mature. They had another year under their belt. You know, that they had all the pieces in place and they gave very little resistance in that second half. And so I'm just, you know, I, I'm, I am surprised by it. Now, I'm sure Alabama's like, mm, it was just one game. And what happened? We still won it. We're still undefeated, yeah. blah, 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 blah. We're number one. But I think that really put the rest of the East on notice that the, Florida's not in a rebuild mode. Yeah. You know, they, they've just reloaded. So kind of your thoughts just about, you know, how does that how does that look in the eastern landscape? What is everybody looking at right now and saying about this Florida game? Well, I mean, they 
you know, they're looking at Florida through a different lens. That's for damn sure. I mean, they're, they're looking at Florida like – I mean, there's no way not to. I don't care if you thought they were in rebuild mode or you thought they were going to be a good football team, but maybe not an SEC championship caliber football team. What you watched on Saturday night, if that didn't open your eyes, then, then I don't know what the hell you're looking at. I mean, they, look, I, here's the deal. And, and I've, I've, I've told you this before, Max. I, I've been – I've always – I always have been and always will be high on Dan Mullen. I've watched Dan Mullen – do do things do more with less for a long period of time. I've seen him have a quarterback in Dak Prescott that he uses one way, he realizes it's not working, and literally at halftime comes out with a whole different game plan and a whole different approach. And has not only comes out with that approach, but has a guy ready and mature enough to flip the switch and go throw the football all over the park and try to win a ball game. And so this is just for me, it's just another feather in the cap of Dan Mullen of no matter what restrictions he has, uh, call it a rebuild if you want, call it the second, call it whatever you want, I, I will never count him out, especially when he's at a place like Florida who always has the mature bodies, the physicality, the athletes. It's just a matter of getting them to play together. I, this is a feather in Dan Mullen's cap because there's no way that I thought he would do this uh, without Anthony Richardson, to be completely honest with you, number one. And number two, if, if you look at um, Emory Jones' numbers, 18 of 28 for 195 yards, right? I yeah. never would have thought that Florida would have been able to compete and possibly beat Alabama in the fourth quarter with a quarterback going for 195 yards. I just never I, – I, did, I didn't see it coming. Um, so hats off to these guys. But like you said, that defense is at Florida obviously is better. i tell you what it is. Max, who did I hear? One of y'all's got one of Florida's guys early in the week said that they were the best defense in the country. And I know it raised some eyebrows around the country. Some guys said, whoa, wait a minute. Well, oh. they didn't they didn't look too far from it, Big Max. I'm gonna tell you that. Yeah, I, I don't know if it what was it, Diabody or Cox or somebody like that said right. that. I can't I can't remember who said it. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, and and then here's the other thing. Dan Mullen last year had an offense that was one of the top passing offenses in the country this year they have the number two rushing offense in the you flip that switch that quick and and like you said you you alluded to it with Dak Prescott like doing it within a game right going from one approach to the next but to then still statistically be that relevant in a different style I mean his ability to morph with what he has and like you said you do the most with the least amount um, you know, just continues to add to his creative mind. And the fact that, you know, if you're a recruit, you're like, man, I could go to Florida and, and Dan will find a place for me. You know, that's that, right. That, that's a big recruiting tool. And I think it also puts pressure on the Kentuckys of the world, right? Because I think that's the next step. You know, Kentucky's trying to make that jump. Yeah. And they're going to have a good test as well against South Carolina. But if I'm Kentucky, I'm just like, I thought I, I thought this was going to be a little bit easier, right? You know, yeah, yeah. And, and they struggle. They struggle with who was that? Was that um, was it Tennessee Chattanooga? There you that, go. Ch- yeah. yeah, I was trying. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Tennessee Chattanooga, and you know they, they barely won that one. So now they're feeling a little some type of way yeah. after getting that Mizzou win. You know how big is this game about them going down to South Carolina and going there playing at night? Well, before we get off that that uh, Florida topic, I, I tell you, we did, that George has put on notice in the East. 
George has put it because yeah. that's a good defense. That's, that's a comparable defense, and I'll take Dan Mullen over any offensive play caller in, in, in damn near in all of college football right now. Dan Mullen is as good as they come. So uh, George is on notice right there. That's what last Saturday meant in the East. I think that was your question before I got my long-winded yeah. ass. My long-winded ass ventured off into the damn weed. Sorry about that, Mac. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, no, look, I, Kentucky, uh, they're, they're my dark horse out of the East. Um, obviously, that doesn't put them in the same category as Florida or Georgia. Uh, they're the two lead dogs. But but I, I do think that that – when you when you look at Kentucky this week versus South Carolina, they're the better football team. Kentucky is the better football team. I firmly believe that. But what Kentucky has to do is Kentucky has to they have to prove Mark Stoops and company have to prove this weekend that they belong more in the conversation with Florida than they do with South Carolina and Missouri and the teams in the East that are Tennessee right now. Like, it's that time for Mark Stoops at Kentucky to, to establish that program as, hey, we're not just going to hope we beat Florida every every once every three years or hope we can play with them once every three or four years. No, we're here to stay, and, and this is the year to do it. And you do that by, by showing up and, and dominating opponents that you should dominate in the lower half of the East. So I think this is a huge week right here. For Kentucky, they got by Tennessee chat. It's over. Move on. You got South Carolina, and this is a team in, in year one of a rebuild, um, and and you've got to absolutely dominate them for four quarters or you have no business in a conversation with Florida. Well, and think about this. And South Carolina is 2-1 right now. You know, so they got a little confidence. They got they got a little extra something in their step as well. Sure. What are, what are you seeing from Shane Beamer and company? I mean, is there – is there something where you think ah they they're doing something pretty good? Because I feel like you know it, it's it's Zolan or Nolan and it's Doty and they don't really know what they have and they're kind of trying to still figure out the identity. I mean, what what do you make of this, this you, game, Knox Squad? You you said it. I mean, I don't. There's nothing to make at this point. They're they're in a look that that place was in in bad shape when Muschamp took it over. Uh, I, I visited down there a couple of times, and I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know that when Muschamp left that Joker, uh, that it was in 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 very good shape. And so, look, I, I I just I look at at South Carolina as they're in year zero of a rebuild, and when you're in year zero of a rebuild, you have no idea what you're. Hell, Max, you can't ask me that. They had a goddamn GA as a quarterback week one. I don't know what the hell they're doing down there. They don't even know what the hell they're doing down there. But yeah, look, I, this is a game that Kentucky should 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 run away with. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I, mean, I said that in jest because I was waiting for you <laughs> to talk about having a GA come in and <laughs> end up being your starter. <laughs> like, dude, like, oh, uh, hey, do you still got it? Do you still got eligibility? All right, we'll break down that film and then let's head out to practice. <laughs> hey, hey, my my college roommate, this is serious, this is serious business, man. My college roommate. Uh, after I graduated, it was either the year after I graduated or two years after I graduated. He had, he had already quit and was he was he was going to go on run run some banks. His dad was in the banking business, so he had his he had his future all planned out. And he was in his little his little fraternity deal and out there throwing the rock around on the, on the uh, intramural field, having a good time. And I'll be damned if Houston Nutt didn't call him. All the quarterbacks got hurt. All of them got hurt. And and he had to call he had to call him off the the intramural field, Max, not to not to back up. He started against Ole Miss off the intramural field. 
So I got I got one up. I'm one better than the GA. I'm than the GA that South Carolina had to roll with. <laughs> you got the intramural league champ, baby. <laughs> it was unbelievable, man. John Rutledge, baby, first security bank, man. It, it, he's uh He's doing big things right now in the banking business, but his ass sure enough came off the intramural field and straight out there and started an SEC game against Ole Miss. Man, I thought you got to be kidding me. Man, that is hilarious. Well, before we move on to the next segment, uh, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now's the time because they're offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one play through to turn your bonus into cash money with their new rush pay instant approval withdrawing your winnings is safer more secure and more reliable with football season kicking off get in on the action by going to betrivers.com today or by downloading the bet rivers ios app must be 21 years or older gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER let's break down your hogs from last week, and then also Texas A and M, and let's try let's let's try and paint this picture because I mean I'm going to get into the nuts and bolts of the actual matchup. <laughs> yeah, but Texas A and M goes out and obliterates New Mexico, 34 zip. Right? It's it, it's nothing. I mean, what did we see from Calzada and from Colorado Buffalo, right? to yeah. this Mexico game. Did you learn anything more about, you know, him as, as a passer, as a QB, as, you know, the guy that you feel comfortable about, right? I mean, to go into this game, how, how, do, you, how do you stack up Calzada and what he did? And did he make any strides? Yeah, look, I think Calzada makes strides every with every snap and every series, Max, to be completely honest with you. But look, when you start out, your career or, or your the, your season this year when when Haynes King went down and you literally I think it was eight of the first nine possessions that the Aggies had were three and outs. I mean hell you can't go nowhere but up at that point. <laughs> and so I, you know look I, I think Zach Calzada is going to be fine. I, I I think it's unfortunate that they have an off, a young offensive line that has to. I mean they're struggling right now. They're they're really struggling to protect the quarterback and and he and and the quarterback himself. Is obviously gonna gonna his his ability to play at a high level when you're a pocket passer is obviously gonna be affected by that. So I, I don't I really Zach Calzada is gonna be fine. I mean he can make all the throws. He's a big big arm. He can stretch the field. Um, if you blow a coverage, we saw that with Demas over the top. I mean he he's he's plenty capable of making all the throws. He's maturing and developing with every series that he goes out there. Jimbo Fisher. Has he been a good place? I think Jimbo Fisher by by midseason will have him in a great place. The problem is, is they can't protect him. And it's hard to develop a quarterback when you can't protect him. So you see some growth. You see some handling adversity, and that's all good. But if you can't protect the quarterback, he's going to have a hard time getting in a rhythm. He's going to have a hard time uh, of, of developing at the rate that they need him to develop at, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, it, it's going to be tough. And I mean, granted, you're at home, right? At least you're at home yeah. for for this next matchup. But you're well, they're they're in, they're in uh, no, they're in. Uh, oh, that's right. They're, they're in, in Dallas. World. They're in Jerry's yeah, world. In that's Jerry right. World. Yeah. Still in Texas, though. They, they didn't leave the state. Hey, so. here here's the thing. Here's the thing, Max, about about A and M. Right? Is the what everybody perceives to be their biggest strength. Everybody wants to beat their chest about how they're the number one defense in the country. 
right? Scoring defense, they give up 5.7 points a game, which we all know that's going to balloon once you get into, into SEC play. Number one versus the pass. Okay. Hey, you know what? That's all great. That sounds great. But here's the problem. You gave up over 200 rushing to uh, Kent State. You gave up over 171 rushing to, uh, to Colorado. Oh, Colorado. Colorado. And so you look at it and you go, man, look, y'all, you, you've been challenged, really. I mean, you ain't been challenged all year long, but for two of the three schools that you've played to be a top five school in the country, you've given up, you've given up damn near, damn near 200 yards a game rushing in those two games, right? They did a great job against New Mexico. But those first two games, I'm thinking, man, that that's uh that's the problem with AM. That's the scary part about AM is Boy, that defense is – they sure are – they sure are patting themselves on the back, and I ain't real sure that uh, they're as good as they think they are right now. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's it's going to be a good one. I, I can't wait for this matchup. And, you know, of course, Jerry's going to be excited. He's gonna, he probably going to be in his stadium. Watching, <laughs> I ain't no doubt about watching that. Watching that game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, talk, talking about uh, the Hogs, I mean, Arkansas – I mean, the boys did what they needed to do, right, against Georgia Southern, right? You, you hang 45. I mean, K.J. Jefferson, I mean, he what through He threw, what, thir- 23 times, only hit 13 of them, but for the tune of 366 yards, the run game, everybody rushed the football, it seemed like, on the squad that was with an eligible yeah. number. Um, I mean, can this run game be stopped? And, you know, because – Every week it gets – like we saw it on full display against Texas, right? And we were yeah. just like, oh, my God. And everybody else took notice. Then you saw that unranked hitting there to number 20. Now the boys are working up, working their way down the ladder, so to speak, to number 16. I mean, what, what else do you see as being the barrier? I mean, obviously outside of being more efficient at passing, right? You want to be above a 50% passer, and he's, like, straddling that line. But when you look at where they're at, are you impressed by where they're at right now and and the, and the way that they're winning so far? Max, I'm, I'm impressed with the fact that they've got an identity. Like, they came into this year, they didn't know who the hell they were offensively, right? you got an identity, and your identity, uh, I, I think, is, is uh, a very strong one, right? You, you've got a, a big – experienced, very talented offensive line that's deep too, by the way. Um, and, and you've got a quarterback that's a big body hybrid between like a Dak Prescott and a Cam Newton style. I'm not saying he's that player. I'm saying that style of game, downhill between the tackles, doesn't shy away from contact. And, they, and they've got a stable of backs. Right. So no, get the tailback getting tired or shying away from contact. Or that, that's not how they got four dudes that are running through there and three of them are youngsters and they can, they can roll now. So it's one of the deals like at that point you go, okay, do you, do we believe, do I believe that that identity plays in the SEC or not? Cause look, you can go run the ball all, all you want against Kent state and against uh, New Mexico and against Georgia Southern and against rice. You can do all that you want. But when you come up against them big boys, it's a game changer. Hell, you know it. I mean, you know, I'm sure y'all, I'm, I'm sure yeah. y'all just rolled through a bunch of them, them little small jokers, and then it got real when you got up against George and them other guys. But it, it it's just a different game. I believe, Max, that what we see from Sam Pittman 
in this run game, I believe it plays in a big way in the SEC. Um, they're going to have to do more to beat a team like A&M, but I do believe they can walk in there with their identity and hang their hat on their identity and have a chance to win this thing in the fourth quarter, especially when those numbers are what they are that I just told you about A&M's rush defense, 171, 171 against Colorado and 200-plus against Kent State. I like Arkansas's chances there. Yeah, no, I, I'm definitely on the boat as well when you look at just what Arkansas brings to the table versus what AM has put on yeah. tape. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, Max, real quick, you know, the, the, yeah. I think you like the barrier there that's for Arkansas, though, is like KJ Jefferson. You said he, you know, he can throw the deep shot, whatever. He can throw a quick game, they can run the football. But on, here's my deal with against good defenses like AM is, is, it's third and five. What are you gonna call, baby? You know you can't you can't throw the fade. We we can't take shots on third and five. Hell, the, the Dallas Cowboys yeah. could do it against Green Bay. They're still talking about it. he called it. Dez called it. No, he was, it was fourth and one, and you threw a damn fade, fool. It was a poor yeah. decision. It, you, you can't do it, right? You can't necessarily run it on. You can't necessarily run it on third and five or six. So what are they gonna do? Not only do I think that they don't know what they're gonna do. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. Not only do I think that they're not they're not they, they don't – they're not very capable in that situation. I'm not sure that they know what the hell they're going to do. In that, in, and against AM, you know, you got to have third and fives, third and sixes. You got to have answers in those situations. I don't know that Arkansas has it, man. Yeah, yeah. I think you're, you're depending on being in third and short to, to have a lot of your success just because it keeps that option available. But, I mean, you know, and that's going to be the challenge, I think. I think we're going to figure out, you know, Sam Pittman and company, how can we do – you know, what can we, is, is it, is it a hybrid RPO type of situation where, you know, you get, you get, you get Cajun moving and you get him closer to the line of scrimmage and then make yeah. that little, uh, you know, that little pump and dump, <laughs> you know, or, 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 you know, and, or, or, and then, and then, and then you just, or tuck it and go depending on what that defender does. So it's going to be interesting, but I think that that's one of the prime game. I, I can't wait to see that game. Right. Because if Arkansas wins that one, Man, where do they end up in the top twenty-five after that? Ooh. You know, hey, look here, look here, Max. I don't give a damn where they end up. I'm in Houston, baby. I'm yeah. in Houston. If my hogs go down there, if they end up beating up, they beat up on them Longhorns earlier. I already get to walk around here and, and smile at my wife every time college football pops up. Chief, I, I work. I work with about three Aggies. Man, you let them hogs beat the Longhorns and the Aggies in the same year. You ain't gonna be able to tell me that then. That yeah. then. You, hey, you and Sam Pittman are going to be just strutting through the whole state of Texas. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Come on down here, baby. <laughs> exactly. Hey, Arkansas is going to walk into every house in, in, in West and South and North Texas. Uh, we own both of these schools. Come That's on right. over to Arkansas. Like, you know, treat, treat a, like death row. <laughs> it'll be a hell of a – look here, it'll be a hell of a, a recruiting tool. There's no doubt. But, look, Arkansas has got an uphill battle. a a really good football yeah. team. There's no doubt about it. I mean, it's full of, of I mean, especially on the defense side of football, these starters that are returning and uh, NFL draft picks that are out, you know, the future NFL draft picks. Um, you know, it, it's going to be a hell of a football game. I'm just glad, as, as a, a Razorback, I'm just glad that we're having this conversation ultimately. And I hope to get a really good game on Saturday. It's been too damn long since they've just been competitive. And so this is, this is beautiful for me, Big Max. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And, you know, looking at it, of course, for me, I mean, the luster is not going to be as exciting 
<clears throat> as your game, right, with Texas A&M battling Arkansas, and they're doing it in Jerry's world. But a game that mattered a lot in the late 90s and early 2000s. Ooh, come on. For SEC. Tennessee, Florida week. That was a huge week if you were a fan of either one of those schools in that time frame, you knew what you were doing. You were waiting for that game to either be the late afternoon game or the night game because you were getting fireworks in the East. Those two teams were, were phenomenal. And now it's, it's Florida against that team in orange and white. You know, Florida Florida's going to the ice cream shop to go get creamsicles. I mean, essentially that's what we're looking at now. You know, <clears throat> this game, can Florida really be that squad that's still feared after having such a big game and, and coming up so short? Can they actually carry that and turn the pace? That's my biggest question is can they follow that up, right? Can, can, I, it was a great appetizer, but how, how does that next course look like? Like, you can't just kill it on one and then throw some arugula on a plate and call it a salad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I need you to give me something with meat and teeth behind it. And do you think this Tennessee team has any shot of putting up any resistance? Now, I know you've got Hendon Hooker, which I think makes them a better squad than with Joe Milton right now. Yep. But does Tennessee have enough, you think, to really answer, you know, when I think it is just shy of three touchdowns in this game? What do you see from that? Do you think this is one where just Florida just rolls? Because, like you said, you had that statement put on notice uh, game against Alabama. Well, look, it, to me, this is one of those games where obviously it's all about Florida right now. Tennessee's in another one of those teams in the SEC that's in year one of a rebuild, and, and it's it's a lot tougher than than it looks, I think. So I don't expect them to be competitive with Florida Just if we're just 30,000-foot view looking at this ball game. But there is a chance that Florida, they blew their wad last week against Alabama. They ended up getting beat. It didn't work out. You and I both know we've played on teams that have got big wins and big losses. That next week, man, it, it, I, I don't know what – as a player, I don't, I don't remember it being a big deal throughout the week. But I do remember – I remember when I fumbled against Tennessee – and then we go out there and sleepwalk the next the next game against Mississippi State and give up a game to a team that never should have beat us. Um, and so now, now the, the the game I lost at Tennessee was obviously a little bit more gut wrenching than what Florida experienced last week. But but there is there is no doubt about it that that Florida has to be really careful of going to Knoxville. No, this is at Florida, right? This game's yeah, at Florida. A, yeah, yeah. This is oh, a swamp. They they just got it. They just got to make sure they don't let Alabama beat them twice. This is this is another one. It shouldn't even be. Yeah. It shouldn't even. It, this shouldn't even be a game. After what I watched last week against Alabama, it shouldn't even be in a game because it's not Tennessee. It's Tennessee in year one of a rebuild. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a. It, it's just the university of that school. <laughs> <laughs> the team that's not named Vanderbilt in the state. <laughs> right. That's right. But, oh, Hey, hey, look, here's the deal, Max. Them Sunbucks still talking about me fumbling. I, it, 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 what was that, 20-some-odd years ago? You know they ain't done a damn thing. They ain't done a damn thing in 20-plus years. They they still all know who I am. You know what I mean? Yeah. They got, I got to look 10-year-old kids coming at me. I'm like, damn, you know y'all were struggling if you're still worried about that 20 years ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, hey, left an impression, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. One way or another. Yeah. So, 
let, 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 let's hit, let's hit this. The, I think the other kind of key conference games in the conference, and we, we don't have to get too in depth with this, but I think another fun interconference game is going to be LSU Mississippi state, right? It's, yeah. it's the revenge game for Ed Orgeron, you know, as Mike Leach in year two with Costello, and they're in a better place now when they're seeing uh, LSU and they got to go to Stark Vegas, right? Cowbell County to get this done. <laughs> um, has LSU shaken off those bugaboos from last year? Um, or I'm saying from, from last season and the beginning of this year against UCLA. I mean, are they a squad that, I mean, are we just expecting too much from them this year? And how hot is that seat for Ed O if he, if, if he doesn't get this victory? Well, I, look, I, I think the seat's hot by week six. I called that in our first in our first conversation, Max. I think it's going to be hotter than I'll get out by week six for LSU and and uh, and Ed O. But um, you know, I, I think the jury's still out on on LSU. I mean, you're looking at the UCLA game where I mean it was a hard fought game, but it wasn't the same LSU that we're used to. And since then, they they played Central Michigan and McNeese, two games that that again, it's it's not even level playing field. So you really don't know what to to pull from it from an evaluation standpoint. Obviously, um, they were the better football team in those two games. You know, I, I here I, I wonder if if LSU, uh, because of all the the, the new coordinators um, and all the change from their national championship year two years ago, all the change with COVID, um, you know, they've been through. Uh, as much as – I mean, obviously, we've all been through it, but they, they've been yeah. through and impacted in a big way with what's happened over the last year, year plus, year and a half. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't shock us, though, here coming up, Max, and, and really this is going to – this will be the fourth game of the season. That will be a month into it. That It wouldn't surprise me if they weren't one of the more improved teams over the next two or three weeks, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, and I think what you said, you alluded to it, was, you know, you've played McNeese, right? You've played Central Michigan. But coming into this week, you know, obviously we know Mike Leach could, could give two you-know-whats about running the football. But LSU's had a pride in hanging their hat on running the football. They, they, these are the two worst running teams in the SEC. <laughs> LSU's 13th, and, of course, we know Mike Leach anti-run the ball. I'll just throw a five-yard – you know, swing route. That's right. <laughs> and, and that's my pseudo run. The guy's considered a running back. It's a run for him. He got to run after he caught it. Um, right. But is it, isn't that also strange, right? You're, you're talking about two teams as this is literally going to be an air battle. Like LSU wants to run the ball. They're just not there yet with running the ball. And you got a coach who doesn't want to and wants to throw it all over the place. I mean, is this just what we're going to expect? Is just an aerial assault game in this? I mean, that's where I'm kind of like, I was, I was doing my research. I'm like, Dude, they are 13th and 14th in SEC in rushing. Yeah. I'm like, I kind of expected that with Mississippi State because they were bottom last last year. Right. Yeah. I mean, Mike Leach just ain't gonna run it. I mean, it, it, he's he's playing. I mean, he's out there. It's like a joke to Mike Leach, man. I don't I don't know how. It's hard for me to even take him serious, man. I like I know he's a great football mind. He's one of the originators of the Air Raid or one, one of the early originators of the, of the Air Raid. But it's hard for me to take him serious when when in press conferences and things of that nature. But the truth of the matter is, is when you look at it, he, he's not going to run the football. They're going to try to throw it 80 times against LSU. And here's a beautiful thing. LSU is, is leading the nation in sacks. LSU's got 17 sacks. That's more than anybody in the country. And as we said from the jump, you know, in terms of playing from the, tr playing in the trenches, being athletic, 
um, they're going to be able to pin their ears back and, and go get the quarterback. And this week, they just so happen to be playing uh, Mike Leach, coach Mississippi State team, that uh, that's going to give them plenty of opportunity. Mike Leach is going to hang a big bloody uh, T-bone steak around old boy's neck and ask him <laughs> to drop back 70 times and let them LSU dogs eat. I, I, I like LSU to really cause problems versus Mississippi State this week and, and, and uh, get a W here. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I listen for for Edo's sake. I, I need him to get that W because you you go zero two against Mike Leach, <laughs> at the most one dimensional team in all of uh, SEC football. It's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem. And, I got him, Max. I, I got him. I got here's what I got him, Max. I got Edo three ahead. and three. I got him three and three. This, this is what this is what we talked about in, in episode one. Uh, yeah. I got three. I got him three and three. On the just firmly sat on that damn hot seat after the Kentucky game, week six. Okay. I guess is that week? Is there a buy in there? Bing, bing, bing. No, that's right. That's week six. Okay. Well, hey, listen, we'll, we'll see if he can get to three and one, and then work on those next two losses. <laughs> <laughs> because if you go two and two, is 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 yeah, I, I yeah that that might that timeline might be week five. Um, <laughs> sneaky good game of the week. It's not division, not conference. It's that Mizzou-BC game. Mizzou is going up to BC, and they're one and I'm going to I'm gonna need you to sell this one to me now. <laughs> I need you to sell this one to me now. Boston College is 3-0, and right? ACC foe. We've already won one with the Georgia-Clemson game. But what, what Halfley has up there right now, he has a team that's confident, that's undefeated. Mizzou – is creating that identity, right? Connor Bazelak is coming into his own. They're a pretty good team. But Boston College, I mean, you look at it, they're scoring 41 points a game. You know, you say, hey, what's McCall scoring 40? But their third down percentage, this is a team that does that 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 keeps the ball on the field. They're over 56% on their third down conversions um, to 48%. And, yes, the passing yardage and total yardage, Mizzou is – putting up a bunch of yards, but they're also a team that rushes the football really well. And I haven't seen Mizzou really rush the football that well. So it's a team that looks balanced. I mean, I feel like it's a tight game. It's no, it's no Auburn Penn state from last week where it's coming down to the quarter, you know, to the end. But I think this is two evenly matched teams. And and this is also another opportunity where we get crossover in the conference, right? Trying to figure out who's the more dominant conference. So this is the measuring contest. And it's the next one up. And I think Mizzou, especially going there, going, you know, going up there to Chestnut Hill, I think it's going to be a, a good challenge for them if they can come out with the with, with the W because Boston College isn't no sleeper. I, I'm gonna take your word for that, Big Max. I I, I ain't <laughs> seen Boston College this year. I'm gonna take your word on that. If you're betting on it, I got I put a, I got a hundred on it, man. I, I, I got a hundred <laughs> for you. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> hey, couldn't couldn't rope it in. I was trying to boom, try, try, to, get, try, try to get Clint to jump. <laughs> I'm gonna ride. I'm gonna ride with you, big dog. But I'm gonna I'm gonna let it. I'm, it's all on you. I ain't gonna lie to you. Yeah, it's all on you. <laughs> Before we get into the final segment, I just want to let you guys know about Field of Twelve Media, a brand new podcast and digital media network covering college football by the people that know it best. Brought to you by Shoot Your Shot Productions, the folks behind the Field of 68. The Field of 12 gives you insight into the game we all love by the people that have lived it. Trevor Knight and Bryce Petty covering the Big 12. 
Joshua Perry and Christian Hackenberg are covering the Big Ten. Yogi Roth and Ted Robinson own the Pac-12. And we have Harry Douglas and Cody Sensabaugh on the ACC. And of course, we'll be here every week to be your go-to source on the SEC. Check the links below to find out the rest of our shows. The Field of 12, where college football happens. Well, it's time for that final segment, Clint. You know what time it is. I know what time it is. It's picks time. And we've got <clears throat> some great ones on, on Bet River Sports app. You can go log in and check out these lines. We'll give you our, our thoughts. And you make the decision after that. I mean, the choice is yours. But first one up, we all know it. We all love it. Arkansas, Texas A&M, Razorbacks and Aggies, the Rumble and Jerry's world. <laughs> so Texas A&M, five and a half point favorites, which means the Hogs are a five and a half dog. Total point score, 47 and a half points. They're giving a half point kicker. So, I I mean, uh, I mean, what, what do you think? I mean, that, see, that number seems low. What do you think about that number? The total? The total number? Yeah, the total story. number. Yeah, totally. Uh, it seems a little bit low for college football, but when you look at what these two teams do, I don't think either one of them's passing attack is going to really turn anybody on. AM's more talented, probably, uh, probably not in, in, in the past game. We got Traylon Burks, and, you know, they, they've got a couple of NFL caliber guys, but neither one of these past games, in terms of the quarterback and the receiver and the offensive lines protecting, neither one of them have set the, the world on fire. So I would think that both of these teams are going to run, run the football a lot. And so that usually it usually means that the, the clock's going to run and we're going to get an under. So as, as hard as it is for me to say this, I think that number is low, but I'm still going with the under in the Arkansas game, uh, under 47 and a half. All right. And, of course, I don't need to ask you who, who you're taking in that one. Uh, on. Yeah, Jeez. exactly. Exactly. That's why I'm not, I'm not even going to get there. But you know <laughs> I'm going to back your play. I like, I like Arkansas, especially with those points, because, like you said, if we're going under, if we're going, if we're going power smash mouth, keep the ball on the ground game. I trust a former offensive line coach that's now a head coach to have those boys ready to go and have them ready to plow. Like I said earlier in the show, strap on that John Deere and just go to mowing, mowing that grass right now. And I think that's what Arkansas brings to the table. And yes, Texas A&M, they, 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 Mike Elko has them going at a great level. They're, they're feeling good defensively. But this is where the rubber meets the mode. This is where you're going to see who's going to emerge as that second best team in the SEC. This is one of those. Now, I know we got Ole Miss on a bye, but Arkansas gets to stake their claim and make a push towards that. And I think they continue to do that and keep trudging this course forward and, and yeah, doing right. it just like a lineman would do, right? You know, three yards sure. out of dust. So I like, <laughs> I, I back both your plays on that one. Let's turn to the other one. This is one where I think it's going to get a lot higher. And I'll be interested to see what you think, being the quarterback guy that you are. LSU, Mississippi State. LSU is a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. So Mississippi State comes in as a – even though they're at home. But the total number is 56 points. Uh, we talked about run game suppressing points. This is the complete opposite. This is, this is, this is let it rip. Yeah, look, there, there's no way in hell that I'm taking it under in a Mike Leach coach football game. <laughs> Uh, especially when it's uh, against an LSU team that can't run the football, and you've got a a, uh, a Joe Brady disciple, if you will, uh, at the uh, at, at the OC position. So I would take the over uh, in that ball game, but I love LSU, 
They're minus two and a half, I believe. They they yeah. are on they they are um, you know the the uh, I think LSU and, and are they minus two and a half or plus two and a half? No, they're minus two and a half. They're they're the favorite yeah. going in there. Yes, yeah. I, I love LSU in this game to win by at least a field goal. I I don't I, that's one of my bets that uh, I'm for sure enough going to get a little something in on that one right there. Yeah. So so the over on that once again is fifty five and a half points. <laughs> LSU is a two and a half point favorite, so they're giving Mississippi State two and a half. And you know I, I got to go over too. I mean I got to go over. I think this is one because Ed O needs this one. It's going to mean more. And Mike Leach knows that Ed Orgeron needs this one. So yeah. that's where the, the 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 game goes back and forth, and they're mm-hmm. going to both be slugging it out through the air. And I, I like the over – two and a half points in this game I feel is a little low um, just because I think that whoever, whoever busts it wide open in that third quarter, I think the third quarter is where the game is going to be won. Um, is going to either have it by more than a field goal um, or they're going to lose it by a touchdown. So this one, I, I, I'm i going to go with Mississippi State. I'm going to take those two and a half just because, you know, Mike Leach, th- this group, after the whole attrition thing that he went through last year, cleaned house and everything, he's got everybody on the same page on that team. And this is now year two of his system. So I think Mississippi State might upseat my, my man might upset LSU, and I think Mike Leach is the one that's going to walk over to the chair that or- Ed Orgeron's sitting on, and he's going to light the Bunsen burner. For <laughs> hey, you lost me when you said bust it wide open. I was like, that took, me back. that took me back to the 90s. I was like, okay. Let's get it. <laughs> uh, I got you. Hey, you you ride with hey you ride with uh with Mike Leach. I'm going I'm going with Ed O for for this uh, his last win before he gets really on that hot seat week six. Uh, I, I like I like LSU minus two and a half uh, in the over fifty five in this one, bro. Fifty five and a half in this one. All right. Well, I this is the only disagreement we had was the winner of this game, but we both like the over in the LSU Mississippi State game. We both like the under in the Arkansas Texas A and M. We both like Arkansas in that game because of the five and a half points that, that that's right. given to Arkansas. And we just differ off the two and a half points. One's LSU, one's Mississippi State. But once again, it's up to you, the subscriber, the fans, the betters out there to make your own decision. We're just giving our advice. And with that, we want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of SEC Primetime with Starks and Stern. Until next time, remember the SEC, it just means more. <laughs>